Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. Today, I'm going to talk about the show Heartbreak High. I haven't done a TV show review in a while, so um, here we go. So, I really enjoyed Heartbreak High, and that's because I find, as, and I've read this from many other autistics as well, we find that it's a very good representation. Uh, in my opinion, it's the best authentic representation of an autistic character than I have ever seen played by an actually autistic actor, which makes a huge, has a huge impact. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if you have an autistic actor, that it means that the representation is going to be great because you need more than just an autistic actor. You need um, and you need the, the writers and the production team to, if not, um, if they don't have autistic members themselves, to at least be consulting with autistic, uh, the autistic actor or other autistic people that can give um, an actual lived experience perspective of what autism actually is because I've seen um, countless times uh, in the past with shows like Atypical and Good Doctor, they'll get some things right, they'll get some traits right and like, mm, it's not bad, but like it's from a very neurotypical lens. It's from a very neurotypical perspective. Both of those shows um, the fact that they did not cast an autistic actor for um, in either of those shows speaks volumes um, to how, you know, unavoidably they are going to struggle with uh, the representation authenticity. Um, and you can see that. You can see that clearly with the difference um, when you compare that shows to shows like Everything's Gonna Be Okay on Hulu, which I'm planning to review soon. And then this show, Heartbreak High. Um, what I wanted to emphasize also about Heartbreak High is um, on this topic of consulting with autistic people, the writers had several meetings with the autistic actress, uh, autistic ADHD actress and advocate Chloe Hayden. Um, and so the accommodations that, and, and so Chloe Hayden was able to request accommodations. And the accommodations that were made did not cost any extra money, add any extra time, um, and it actually ended up helping everyone else on set. And Chloe Hayden talks about this uh, in more detail in a recent interview that she gave. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the show and why I was so happy with this representation. So Quinny is an open, openly autistic um, character. She's so basically she's in this high school in Australia, and um, someone. Uh, I'll just give a, a brief synopsis, and then I'll talk a little bit more about Quinny. Um, but basically, there's this mural which they call. Um, so the students at this high school. Um, one of the students made uh, the so-called sex mural which they they're basically you know writing like everyone like from the school that has hooked up with someone like who hooked up with who um and then of course the <clears throat> the school finds out 
Um, and then they are all, they're all forced to take like this very outdated heteronormative sex ed class, um, for the next few months. And so there's also a bit of a, a critique on, um, the kind of sex ed that is taught and how a lot of it is still very outdated and heteronormative, um, and there's also pretty good uh, queer representation in, in this show, but um, I'm going to... Anyways, uh, it's it's all about, like, the relationships and what happens um, at this school um, with these students as there's, as they're going through this, um, this class and in the school in general and their lives, you know, their personal lives, like... And Quinny is one of these characters, and Quinny is, um, see, here's the, the thing that I really love with, with what they did with Quinny, is that, yes, she is openly autistic, and, and her traits are shown, but they appear in a very natural way, and they just blend in with her personality, like, it's not, they're not making it obvious in every scene that she's autistic, or giving him giving her, like, an exaggerated speech impediment, like, not a lot, some, a lot of autistics do have speech impediments, but it, it also, not all of them do, it portrays a very, you know, like, shows like The Good Doctor and The and Atypical, they portray, particularly The Good Doctor, they portray a very stereotypical, um, interpretation of, of what autism is, and, and one thing I really don't like is about the character Sean in Atypical is that he's given this, they make him, like, have this, I don't know, he's just, they make him a bundle of traits, they don't give him any personality, I, I've spoken about that show in episode 13, I did do an episode on it, but anyways, uh, this was, like, the exact opposite, this was, like, she has personality and the traits just kind of blend in and it's not like that um, glaringly obvious support needs stigmatized kind of view of autism. Um, it shows like different flavors of autism. It shows that autism can present differently in all kinds of people. Um, not So this includes female queer people like Quinny, you know, and it includes all kinds of people. And this is trying to trying to educate on the fact that autistic people aren't just cisgender, heterosexual, young white boys. Um, now, Atypical and The Good Doctor, <laughs> they show <laughs> young heterosexual white men. Uh, and kind of boy to man in atypical um so it's like uh you know i just so happy to see some female representation some queer representation hopefully there will be a show uh with an autistic person of color coming soon because we still need to see more of those um and uh because i don't really haven't seen any of those to this point so it's like when you know we finally we're finally, like, showing some diversity. Um, we're finally deviating from that, like, standard of the, the young white male uh, for an autistic person with, like, obvious, either, like, glaringly obvious support needs or super superhuman intelligence or whatever. 
Like, we need to shift away from these stigmatizing representations. And I think um, this show, you know, it does a very good job with that. And uh, anyways, so let's talk a little bit more about Quinny. Uh, Quinny, in, throughout this show, uh, and it's a short series, it's like eight episodes, so she engages in a relationship with her neurotypical schoolmate, schoolmate Sasha. They go on a date, uh, Sasha picks the restaurant, and so this character Sasha, by the way, is a character that, as I'll explain, uh, as you'll see from my explanation, um, she tries to seem inclusive, but clearly still has a lot to learn about autism. And it becomes clear through the show that she doesn't really do, do, do the work. Um, and anyways, so th this first date, um, it's in a restaurant that is super loud and, you know, a lot of stimuli, a lot of people talking, a lot of forks and spoons clanking. And at this point, Sasha wasn't aware that um, that Quinny is autistic and that she would experience sensory overload. But what's happening, what happens in this scene is that we observe that Quinny, um, starts experiencing sensory overload because of all these noises. And by the way, also the, I want to give credit to the production team because the representation of sensory overload with the sounds and the visuals and everything is pretty much the best representation of sensory overload that I've ever seen as well. Uh, anyway, so Quinny is in sensory overload, so she and Sasha is like telling her something, trying, talking to her, and Quinny is trying to pay attention, but you know, she just can't because like sensory overload, there's so much going on, like she's trying and she can't, so she has to ask to go to the bathroom, and she goes to the bathroom uh, to kind of, you know, decompress and try to recenter herself, um, and then when she comes out of the bathroom, uh, Sasha confronts her, saying that, you know, right away, making assumptions, which is what people do about us autistics all the time, saying that, you know, she wasn't engaged, or she, she wasn't interested, or whatever, and Quinny's like, no, I, I, I'm interested, I want to talk to you, um, and she, like, you can tell that Quinny's like trying to like start to explain that she is autistic and that she was in sensory overload. And Sia, is, um, not Sia, Sasha uh, is completely gaslighting her. And then, and then Quinny, like Sasha just keeps complaining. And then Quinny finally says, I'm autistic, okay? And then Sasha, you know, classic microaggression says something to the tone of Quinny doesn't look autistic or that she can't be autistic. Um, you know, basically she's saying because she doesn't fit the stigmatized view of what autism is supposed to look like to Sasha and what it's supposed to look like, sadly, to a lot of neurotypical people, what they think autism is supposed to look like. Um, and then she, you know, and then... Um, so Quinny is like, you know, uh, okay, Sia, and it's actually a reference to for the, for those that don't know, this is a reference to the 
famous Australian singer Sia that decided to do a movie about an autistic girl and I haven't even watched the movie because I've heard so many bad things about it uh, that the representation was just terrible because she chose to not cast an autistic actress because she felt like um, the autistic actress um, would she didn't base she basically didn't want to accommodate the autistic actress um, and make her more comfortable on set. She just felt like, oh, she's uncomfortable, so we're not going to accommodate her. We're just going to cast a neurotypical. So she casted a neurotypical, um, and I think it was a good, like, neurotypical actress, but that doesn't matter. Like, it's like, you, you should cast an autistic person, and you should accommodate that autistic person. But no, she just chose to cast a, this Sia uh, singer lady, um, cast a neurotypical person and then autistic people called her out and the representation was really bad and then she would just complain and like argue with autistic people online instead of properly apologizing and so you know that was really uh, Chloe Hayden later talked about how how uh, significant that was to her to be able to call out Sia as a reference like in the scene with Sasha, with the other character in Heartbreak High, I actually, uh, originally, when I first watched this scene, I thought that Sia was Sasha's name. Because she said, okay, Sia, and it's like... And then after that, um, Sasha's like, oh, I guess I have more to learn. And it's like... Um, the I, I didn't realize that Sia isn't actually Sasha. She's the singer that made this stigmatizing movie, but it was a way to call her out, like, using that show. And because Sia had actually also engaged in, um, you know, argument, like, arguing with Chloe Hayden when Chloe Hayden tried to call her out. And so, like, I'm sure that was a very, very important, uh, very powerful moment for Chloe Hayden as well, but, um, moving on, uh, Quinny's closest friend, Darren, you see these relationships too, and so you see how her closest friend, Darren, is very aware of her support needs, and how her brain works, and how to best support her when she's in shutdown, and this happens in a scene not long after the argument she has with, um, she has an argument with Sasha, and, uh, you know, she is non-ver- um, she's non-verbal at the time, uh, and this is something that happens with autistic people a lot of times, even those of us that do speak, when we're in intense, um, sensory or emotional overload, um, we might go non-verbal, um, where we, we basically don't have- we, we basically don't, we're not speaking for a while because we're so overwhelmed and we need to just, you know, um, we need to decompress and recenter ourselves and before we feel comfortable speaking again. And um, so it's the scene where she's nonverbal and she's with Darren and Amelia and Amelia doesn't know her as well. And Amelia, like, with good intention, of course, like, tries to, I think she tries to hug her or, or something. And then Darren says, no touching Quinny, um, you know, when she's like, because Darren just knows, like, when she's in her stand. And this doesn't apply to all autistic people, but a lot of autistic people, when they're in meltdown or when they've just had a meltdown, they don't like to be touched because it is a sensory 
triggered and you, you know in in Quinny's case she needs space to decompress and Darren is is very good about like you know you, you'll you'll see I don't want to spoil the scene but Darren basically takes really good care of her and it, it just shows how you know that's a true ally uh in a friend like someone that is there and knows exactly how to how you'd like to be supported and how you should be supported and accommodated in these situations um and i want to talk a little bit about this other scene which was actually i believe the argument that led up to the scene that i just talked about which is where uh where sash it shows just how it's a great representation of how difficult it can be to date neurotypical people as an autistic person. And so what happens here is Quinny and Sasha are on their way to an event um, that Quinny, you know, really wants to attend. It's, um, I forgot what exactly it was. It was like her, f basically it was an event. It was like related to Quinny's special interest, you know, something that's really important to um autistic people like um like us is our, our our special interests and so they're on the way to this thing and you can tell like from the beginning that sasha doesn't really want to go she's like going for quinny um but yeah so you can tell and then like they end up sasha like they're on the bus and stuff and then sasha like makes them make a, a detour an unplanned detour like and kind of being inconsiderate of the fact that they need to get there on time and Quinny's like no but we need to get there by six or whatever and then she's like oh no let's just take let's just go for ice cream let's just stop here like whatever and that's I found that interesting too like because it's a very neurotypical thing like neurotypicals don't realize a lot like routine and time and planning are very important to autistic people and so we you know it can be very distressing for us if you just change the plans all of a sudden or make a detour or whatever. So I think like that was a very rep good representation of that. And it's also how she's not being really considerate to Quinny and the fact that Quinny needs to get to this place on time by making this detour and talking to this friend. And then this friend ends up riding with them and, you know, Quinny, you know, she gets sensory overload from all the sounds of the bus and the people on the bus and, you know, it's another kind of sensory overload situation and at the same time, Sasha's just talking to her friend and Quinny's like, well, okay, I don't know this person, like, you're just, like, throwing, throwing me into this, like, in Quinny's head, you know, she's like, well, okay, this is awkward for Quinny because Quinny doesn't know this person, she's just being thrown into this situation you know, with this random person, friend of Sasha's that she doesn't know, and, and, like, I relate to that. Like, if I'm just thrown into a situation with a random friend of someone's that I don't know, I'm gonna be shy. I'm not comfortable with this person. I'm not comfortable unmasking my autistic traits. I'm probably gonna just be quiet and feel awkward. And that's what's happening with Quinny, because Sasha keeps talking to her friend, and then Quinny's in sensory overload, and then Quinny puts her headphones on. And then uh, her friend, like, Sasha's friend notices and, like, gets um, confused. And then instead of, like, uh, explaining, oh, you know, Quinny's autistic, she she gets in sensory overload, you know. Or, like, maybe checking in with Quinny, like, hey, are you okay? Or trying, trying to, like, make her comfortable, trying to, like, okay, let's make... She's in overload, like, like let's 
let's try and make this situation easier. But she just keeps talking to her friend and she says something gaslighting like, oh, she's like on the spectrum and, and just kind of ignores Quinny and, and just keeps talking to her friend, which is classic neurotypical gaslighting behavior. Um, and so then uh, Sasha later gets, um, so they go to the event and everything and you can tell that Sasha's just not enjoying it. It's not her vibe. And then Sasha gets annoyed with Quinny later because Quinny is tired from the long day. And this is another thing. Like, we get autistic people. That's a very good uh, representation of autistic burnout. You know, we get overwhelmed and burnout, burned out and we need to go home and rest. And so she needed to go home and rest. And Sasha wasn't understanding that. And Sasha wanted to um, go out and party. And so... You know, she and then Sasha says something like also completely insensitive about like her being annoyed about quote making sacrifices, you know, to go to the Quinny's special interest event, which was really important to her. Uh and then, you know, and then Quinny and then this line, I just loved it, Quinny hits her back with that that's yeah, that's my whole life. And that's a reference to how Autistic people growing up in a neurotypical society have to make sacrifices. We're constantly making sacrifices our whole lives. So that's why we really appreciate when neurotypicals make sacrifices for us. Because, like, they complain. And it's really, really offensive to us when they complain about making sacrifices or accommodations for us. Because... You know, like, we're always the one, it's like, we're almost always the ones making sacrifice. Or when they say something like, oh, oh, it's both ways, or you should make sacrifices. I'm like, yeah, I've been making sacrifices my whole life. It's about time for the tides to the, to change a little bit, for the table to turn. Um, so anyways, uh, I hope I didn't spoil too much of the show. I hope I was able to retain most of you guys um throughout this episode as i rambled on sometimes kind of in all directions but um yeah i i hope you check out this show heartbreak high on netflix if you haven't already i highly highly recommend it not because of the kind of show it is but you know the just the autistic representation spot on most authentic representation i've ever seen if you want to learn a little bit more about autism um, from a real, like, actually autistic perspective, I cannot recommend this show enough. So, once again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this, um, and I will see you next time.